Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ethos Lakers podcast, we are in the home stretch of the regular season. Nine games left in this playoff race. It is thick with tension. All the way down from the four seed at 38 wins to the 12 seed with 35 wins. This is anybody's ballgame, folks. I'm your host for this solo edition, JC DeLeon. You can find me on Twitter at JCDeLeon1. You can also find me there on Instagram and TikTok as well. Sorry for that notification. And in this episode, we've got much to discuss. Luckily, the Lakers are still kind of trending upwards. They had an unforgivable loss against the Rockets. They had a lackadaisical effort against Dallas. But since then, two much-needed wins over the Orlando Magic, which was to be expected, although Orlando was actually playing pretty good in Los Angeles. Markel Fultz, quick side note, Markel Fultz, when you look at the turbulence that he experienced his rookie year, to watch him play now, to see him be happy, to see him scoring really well, he had a fantastic game against the Clippers the night before they played the Lakers. Markel Fultz needs to talk to Ben Simmons and help him get over whatever struggles he's going on because Markel Fultz's turnaround has been exquisite. He's really good for the Orlando Magic. But I digress. You had an impressive win last night against the Phoenix Suns, which, which, you know, they were without Kevin Durant. They were without DeAndre Ayton. So it seems as though a win should have been expected. And despite the win, there were some definitely problematic things that I didn't like seeing. And I'll talk about those here in a little bit. But fact remains, the Lakers are currently 10th in the West with a record of 36 and 37. They they keep almost getting to that 500 mark and then they, they'll take a couple of steps back, which they did against uh, Houston and then Dallas. One of those games, they should have reached the 500 mark and they didn't. And I know it's lame to play the what-if game, but when you think about the the one-point loss against the Mavericks, the one-point loss against the Pacers, the foul that wasn't called against Boston, the foul that wasn't called against uh, Philadelphia, the foul that wasn't called against Oklahoma City on a, on, a, on a three, if the Lakers had, the Lakers could easily have five games added to this win total. Five games added to this win total and the Lakers are securely in the four seed had those games just gone the way they should have. So this is a good Lakers team. Their defensive rating is off the chart since the trade has been coming back. And one person in particular has just been playing out of his mind lately. And it seems like a repeat topic. It seems like I'm doing the same show every episode. 
where would the Lakers be without Austin Reeves? They would be completely screwed. He had a career night against Orlando. 35 points off the bench, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. Just a phenomenal game. Shot 18 free throws, made 16 of them. He has been getting to the line like crazy. And he has since come out and said that he's analyzed like Trey Young's game and, and James Harden's game to, to see how he gets how he can get free throws. Anthony Davis and LeBron James even joked that they like to get some of the free throw calls that Austin Reeves has been getting. But when you watch the way he's been playing, he'll drive into the lane, he'll pivot brilliantly, he'll twist and turn, he'll he'll make defenders foul him. He's not just getting lucky calls, he's earning these calls. His body is taking a beating, but he is absolutely deserving every free throw that he takes. And the Lakers fans have noticed They've even been giving him the patented Staples Center MVP chants. I know it's crypto. The MVP chant is a Staples thing. You know you all agree. But what's been bothering me lately, and, um, well, before I get to what's been bothering me lately, there have been other players who have been playing really good. Now, one thing I'd like to see more of is, you know, D'Angelo Russell has been playing really good. He had... 18 points in that game against the Magic, made four three-pointers. He's just been playing really well. And I and I appreciate just, I mean, coming from the other Russell that we came from, I so appreciate the relaxed nature of his game. He's never, he's never rushing. He's always in a tempo. And it's a tempo that he's always in complete control of even when he pulls up on a transition three-point attempt it's always in control it's never erratic one thing you cannot cannot say about (laughs) d'angelo russell's game even though i cannot say the word cannot one thing you can't say about his game is that his game is erratic his game is control his game is relaxed his game is soothing in a way it's a complete 180 from the other russell that we came from and it's almost a good, you know, contradiction to this with the way Dennis Schroeder plays because Dennis Schroeder does play a more a faster game and he does have a little bit of an erraticness to his game, but he mixes some control in with that erraticness. And I think the two of them have actually made a really good pair. And they've seen a lot of minutes where D'Angelo Russell and and Dennis Schroeder are playing together, which... You know, at first we thought it was going to be kind of a detriment, but Dennis Schroeder has been playing out of his mind lately. In the month of March, Dennis Schroeder is averaging 14.2 points a game, almost a steal a game, 5 assists, 2.4 rebounds. He's shooting 33% from 3, which is fantastic for him because he's not a great 3-point shooter. His field goal percentage is, you know, hovering around 40%, which is not ideal, but... He's made timely baskets. He's actually scored in really opportune times. And he seems to know when we really need a bucket and when we don't. And his passing has actually been really great, despite the, I mean, five assists in almost 30 minutes a game for a secondary point guard who's basically playing shooting guard at this point. Outstanding. He's been playing outstanding defense. Has a plus minus of 6.9. Very good. Very good month of March for Dennis Schroeder, and I really hope that that continues into, into the playoffs. And Austin Reeves. I mean, let's go back to Austin Reeves since I looked at 
Dennis Schroeder's March numbers. Austin Reeves, in the month of March, 18.5 points a game, 5.6 assists. His passing, I don't know if you guys, if you guys follow our Instagram, you'll know that I need to update it more, yes. But last year I did post an Instagram that talked about Austin Reeves' kind of burgeoning passing ability and how he was emerging as somebody who's, who shows really elite instincts for passing the cutters and driving and kicking and things like that. He's amazing at that. 11 assists last night against Phoenix, but 5.6 assists in the month of March. Uh, 8.2 free throw attempts per game in the last four games. He's actually leading the league in free throw attempts. 37.5 three-point percent. He's automatic from three. Seems like he's automatic from three. He's just been playing out of his mind. And again, without Austin Reeves, without the way Dennis Schroeder has been playing, the Lakers would be completely screwed because of the one thing that's been bothering me lately, and it shouldn't. And I don't know how more people kind of aren't talking about this. And to look at the box score last night, you might be thinking I'm nitpicking or I'm kind of being crazy here. But Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has had really brilliant stretches this season. There were times in February in which he played really well after the All-Star break. And even early March had some really great games. But lately... And by lately, I do mean the last three games. And, you know, while he finished with 26, 15, and 27 in those three games, that doesn't quite paint the picture of what it is that I've been seeing. And what I've been seeing, at least in the first half, is a kind of passive Anthony Davis. He's not aggressive. I don't know if that foot is bothering him or not. Nobody's really kind of talking about it. But, like, there were times last night against Phoenix. Phoenix didn't have DeAndre Ayton. So they were playing Anthony Davis with uh, Joe Landale and Bismack Biombo, And Bismack Biombo was smacking some of those shots right back in Anthony Davis's face. And it's Bismack Biombo is not exactly a world beater when it comes to NBA centers in this league. He was at one point, but at this point now, he's he's one of the older players. He's certainly not what he was. Anthony Davis should have had 27 points in the first half, and he finished the game with 27. He had seven points in the first half. Seven. It just wasn't cutting the mustard. Mark Davis noticed. He took notice and talked about that a little bit in the broadcast, and it was bothering me. I tweeted about it. Didn't get a lot of traction on it. I don't know if anybody else really noticed that was going on, but it certainly bothered me. So... You know, I talked about the early part in March where you got Anthony Davis going 38, 39, 30. Then he has a game in which he scores eight. But in that game that he scored eight, he didn't really need to be a part of the offense because I believe D'Angelo Russell was on fire. Uh, A couple other players were on fire. 17 against the Knicks. Not ideal, although Mitchell Robinson, good defender. 35 against the Pelicans, despite the Lakers shooting the lights out in that first half. So that was a good game for him. But, yeah, since then he missed the game against Houston, which the Lakers lost. It was a back-to-back. Then he had 26 points. But, again, that doesn't necessarily mask the fact that it was a subpar game for him. He had 15 against Orlando, which is strange. He only shot six free throws that night missed three of them he's been shooting free throws not ideally lately 
Oh, man. I just... We need more out of Anthony Davis. The Lakers need more out of Anthony Davis if they really need continue to... are going to finish out the season strong because we still don't know when LeBron James is coming back, which is another issue that we need to talk about with this Lakers team. There was a report today as of this recording that... LeBron was evaluated, that he's beginning on-court activity, and that he would be ready for the final three games. And those final three games are all against teams that are in this this fight to get either into the playoffs, into the play-in, or out of the play-in and into the actual playoffs. You got against the Clippers, which you know Russell Westbrook is going to want to ball out against that team. You've got the Phoenix Suns, who, you know, Kevin Durant may or may not be back for that game. The, the Suns have been losing games without Kevin Durant, and so they're going to be motivated to win, especially since they lost this game. Then you've got the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz, who people th- thought were going to be tanking, might still end up being tanking by the time we get to this point. But, you know, Phoenix, the Clippers, Utah, they're all in this thing. They all want to get into the playoffs just like the Lakers do. There's nine games left. Can the Lakers run the table? It remains to be seen because, you know, let's take a look at what they've got left. So they've got this Friday against Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City, which incidentally has a 500 record at 36 and 36 at the moment, currently holds the eighth seed. Oklahoma City is in this too. People thought they were going to be tanking. No, nah, they they've got plenty of draft picks. They think they're going to be okay if they can make it make it to the playoffs. So, you know, who knows whether or not Oklahoma City is going to be motivated for this game? They've announced that they're going to limit uh, Shea Gildress Alexander's minutes, presumably because they don't plan on making the playoffs. But you know, tell that to SGA, tell that to Josh Giddy, <laughs> who've been playing really well, Jalen Williams, Jay, well, one of the Jalen Williams. Oklahoma City has been playing really well. And, you know, hey, they're ranked higher than the Lakers right now. So they are a problem. You've got the Bulls twice. Once in L.A., once in Chicago. You know that Patrick Beverly is going to be motivated to knock this team out of the playoffs and to help the Bulls get into the playoffs. The Bulls, incidentally, on the Eastern Conference are ranked. They're ranked 10th. So they're going to want to get into the playoffs too. So you know Patrick Beverly is going to want to you know, help knock the Lakers out of the playoffs and help his Bulls get into the playoffs. Then you've got the Minnesota Timberwolves. Minnesota Timberwolves are currently 7th in the West with a record of 37-37. and Carl Anthony Towns has come back after missing 51 games from a calf injury. And so Minnesota has motivation to say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. To get into the playoffs as well. You've got the Houston Rockets, which is really your one it has to be your one guaranteed win out of these next nine games. Then you've got the Jazz, 
then we talk about the final three games in which LeBron may or may not play against the Clippers, the Suns, and the Jazz. So of nine games, only one of these nine games is for sure. Because running running the table against these nine games is going to be a monumental effort. And I don't think it's in the cards to run the table for all nine games, especially consider they've run they've won the last two. So you're talking about ending the season on an 11 game winning streak. But let's say you can do it. Let's say you run the table and you win nine games. You've got a record of 45 wins. 45 wins should I mean 45 wins will definitely get you into the playoffs whether or not that puts you in the play in or that secures an actual playoff spot. Yeah. So, you know, 45 wins is the dream goal at this point. Probably not going to happen. 43 wins. 43 wins right now is what the three-seed Sacramento Kings have. And so 43 wins would put you in a nice spot. You've got to get out of the plan. I know if it's the last resort, you'll take it. But the, the playoffs are still in picture without having to go through the play-in and that's what your goal has to be your goal has to be the playoffs you don't want to deal with chance you don't want to deal with forcing lebron to come back sooner than he should you know hopefully he you know sitting on the bench walking around jumping up and down celebrating he looks pretty good he's been in good spirits um, but it was a little bit troubling to see him you know, speak on the reports that came out that he's going to play in the final three games, him saying he was not evaluated today, that he is continuing to work three times a day to try to get back as soon as he can, and that he will speak for for himself. And so it's a little troubling in that he doesn't seem to be offering up a timetable right now. That mysterious foot injury, we don't really know what's going on with it, and and that's unfortunate, but... You know, the Lakers have to keep competing. They have to keep their eye on the prize and any other cliche statement uh, you can throw at that point. But, I mean, that's basically where the Lakers are at right now. But let's take a deeper dive at the teams involved through that 4 through 12 race because, you know, obviously two of them are not going to make it in. And... Every every team here has their own motivations and their own situations going on with injuries and, and whatnot. So looking at Phoenix, Phoenix has the four seed. But since losing Kevin Durant on March 8th, the Phoenix Suns have gone two and five. And so whether or not they can hold on to that four seed remains to be seen. If they're going to continue to lose at that rate, they're going to plummet. They've got 38 wins now. You figure if Minnesota wins a couple, if the Lakers win a couple, they'll be at 38. And if the Lakers can get to 39 and the Lakers and the Suns are still at 39, who knows what'll do, what that'll do to the record. But Phoenix is motivated. Look at the five seed, Los Angeles Clippers. The Los Angeles Clippers have recently lost Paul George, and he's going to be reevaluated re- in a couple of weeks. He hyperextended his knee. And whether or not the Clippers can, you know, win without Paul George remains to be seen. I know that since the 
all-star break and the acquisition of Russell Westbrook, the Clippers have gone five and seven. And now that they're going to be without Paul George, they've got some winnable games coming up, but they've got, they're in the same situation as the Lakers. They've got some games that uh, teams are going to be motivated to win. They play the Thunder, they play the Pelicans, they play the Bulls, they play the Grizzlies, who are going to be tough. So they're not exactly in the best situation either. Golden State Warriors. They're definitely not tanking, but they've got a myriad of problems of their own. They can't seem to win a game on the road. They play terribly on the road. So, you know, who knows what they're going to end what their record's going to end up being. They've only got 3 games on the road left for the season, and so presumably they're going to end the season on a pretty high note because they win regularly at home and they lose regularly on the road. Their three road games are against the Nuggets, which will be tough, the Kings, which will be tough, and the Blazers, which will be easy. I'm not going to delve into the remaining schedule of every team left in there, but, yeah, Minnesota, Minnesota uh, motivated to keep winning. They want to get to the playoffs. They've got Carl Anthony Towns back. Oklahoma City, you're not sure of. You think maybe they're tanking, maybe they're not. Maybe they're one of the two that aren't going to end up making it. Dallas, Dallas hasn't been doing very well since the acquisition of Kyrie Irving, and that's puzzling in and of itself. And they're not a very good defensive team. And, you know, whether or not they – but they're definitely not tanking, and so they're going to want to be motivated to win as many of their games as possible. You've got the Lakers in the 10th seed, which we've talked about extensively. Utah may or may not be tanking, so they're probably the second team of the twelve of you know of the twelve West teams that, that aren't going to make it in. Uh, New Orleans is going to be highly motivated because even though they've been without Zion Williamson, at some point he's going to come back. But at one point in December, the Pelicans were on top of the West, and so because they were one of the best teams in the West and are now currently the twelfth seed. They're going to want to be one of the playoff teams. They're highly motivated to keep winning. And so they're going to be one of the 12 who's going to be tough, who wants to get in. So it's definitely not an easy road for the Lakers coming up in their last nine games. Nine games that are must-win. Nine games in which they're probably not going to win all of them. I think as fans, we have to take each loss with perspective and try to find the good in each loss because this is a good team. This is a good team now. Whether or not things end up the way we want it to for the season, whether or not they make it to the playoffs, you know, as fans, we have to be supportive of what this team looks like now and what this team can build on with what will be available to them this summer, which is, you know, re-signing, D'Angelo Russell re-signing Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves has to be the highest priority. One of the interesting uh, articles that came out this week was written by, um, I believe it was Anthony Irwin, and he talked about, you know, Austin's contract situation. And there's reports that what Austin is going to want this summer is a fifty million dollar deal, which, at four years, fifty million. He's a hundred percent worth that, and I I swear to God, I, if the Lake, you thought Lakers fans were mad when they let Alex Caruso go, Austin Reeves is so much better for this team than what Alex Caruso was, and Alex Caruso was great, and he's been great in Chicago, but 
Alex Caruso still hasn't been shooting very great in Chicago, and he's not the scoring machine that Austin Reeves has turned into. And Austin Reeves is both a good defender, not quite as good as Alex Caruso was, but he's miles and miles and miles better an offensive player than Alex Caruso was. And so if you thought Lakers fans were mad when they let Caruso go, if they let Austin Reeves go, and he's going to be an affordable price. Now, what's going to be interesting about him is he's going to be a restricted free agent. And so, you know, maybe there's a team dumb enough out there to offer Austin Reeves an $80 million deal, in which, I mean, God bless him. If he gets $80 million, I still think he's worth it. And the argument, I think, could be this. You know, people talked about how much better Russell Westbrook played when he moved to the bench. And my whole argument with Russell Westbrook and playing better from the bench was that's great. That's fantastic. He costs $35 million this year or however much he costs, $38 million, $40 million, whatever he costs this month. It was way too much money. It was way too much money for like 16 points, six assists, seven rebounds, whatever. Those are numbers that Austin Reeves is putting up now. And if Austin Reeves is going to give you that, at 10 to 15 million per year? Do it. That's a bargain. That's a bargain. Use that 20 million that you spent on Russell Westbrook to go get something else. Like, he's 100% worth whatever deal he's going to get. The Lakers must match whatever deal Austin Reeves gets. And as a free, and, and as a restricted free agent, I think the odds are good that Austin Reeves stays with the Lakers. But, um, you know, beyond that, uh, I would bring Dennis Schroeder back. I love the way Dennis Schroeder has been playing. I talked about his march, and Dennis Schroeder has a really good history with Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham's rotations are getting better. Um, coaching is a skill. And, you know, coaching is a skill that you can learn and get better at. Jason Kidd is a much better coach now than he was in his years back in, in Milwaukee. And I think just look at Mike Brown. In Sacramento, Mike Brown, when he was LeBron's coach, when LeBron was a rookie 20 years ago, not the greatest coach, but he spent 20 years in the league learning as an assistant, learning from Steve Kerr. Mike Brown, excellent NBA coach now. Coaching is a skill, and you can get better at it. And so Darvin Ham, I think, has improved throughout the year. His rotations have improved. Phil Handy there, I think, is there to help guide him along. And so... I think as fans, Lakers should have faith in Darvin Ham and what he's been doing. I appreciate what he's been doing. Those players will play for him. Uh, you want to bring back D'Angelo Russell? I would bring back Jared Vanderbilt. Malik Beasley has had some great games. He's also had some forgettable games. He might be an expendable piece. Uh, Rui Hachimura. Uh, I mean, he, whether or not he's... I think he needs to find a way, to, better way to fit in and the way it goes with this team and especially this podcast, you start talking about how a player needs to fit in better then that's more than likely a player that's going to be expendable and one that, you know, isn't going to stick around because you don't hear us talking about Austin Reeves need needing to fit in that boy fits. You don't hear us talking about Dennis Schroeder needing, needing to fit in D'Angelo Russell needing to fit in. Those guys have come in, and played their hearts out and played amazingly. And so you've got to build on this momentum. Whether or not the Lakers end up making it to the playoffs, 
they're ending the season with momentum. Momentum that you have to go into the summer and build off of. So that'll do it for this episode. Hopefully the Lakers can get into the playoffs. And once they do and LeBron comes back, this is a good team, folks. You don't want to play this team in the first round. I would trust the Lakers against I would trust the Lakers against Denver because I don't trust Nikola Jokic in the playoffs. In a seven-game series in which you can hyper-focus on Jokic, I think that nullifies him. Uh, Memphis, I, d- I think they're too young. I think they're too cocky. I think I, it's not their time. Sacramento, same thing. Young, cocky. They're dangerous. They're they're young and dumb enough to be dangerous. Phoenix, I think matchup for matchup, what it com- what it'll it'll come down to in a Phoenix series would be bench versus bench, and I think the Lakers have one of the best benches in the league. Golden State, I mean, if you can win every road game against Golden State, all you got to do is win one at their house. Minnesota. I don't trust them in the playoffs. I, would you, honestly? Dallas, Dallas, terrible defensive team. Seven-game series, terrible defensive team. Does not win that series. There's no way. Oklahoma City, if they can get in, they're young. And I think veteran experience would win out. Um, this is certainly not to say that if the Lakers get in, I expect them to get to the finals. I certainly am not saying that. I'm just saying that I would trust them to be ultra-competitive in the playoffs if they if they can get there that's all i'm saying but that'll do it for this episode i'm your host jc de Leon. you can find me on twitter like i said at twitter i'm sorry at jc de Leon one you can also find me there on instagram and tiktok you can follow the show on instagram and tiktok and twitter at ethos lakers follow dan dan under ethan underscore noroff sorry Ethan underscore Noroff at Twitter. And until next time, we are out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.